Welcome into another edition of Jaguars Reporters. After a Jaguars loss to the San Francisco 49ers, J.P. Shadrick, Kai Stevens, Brian Sexton, John Osier, 34-3. All Niners all day long, Kai. And, you know, we've seen this a couple times before in the Doug Peterson era. The blowout loss in Detroit last year. They win the last five of the regular season. And then, of course, this year in Houston, or when Houston came to town, the Jaguars won the next five after that. So, hey, it, it makes sense that they're going to win five more after this one, right? We hope so. Hope it's a hard reset game. I mean, the dreary weather has carried over from Sunday into Monday. I think this needs to be a game where they look at the film and they hold on to this for a little longer than maybe you would before you turn the page because you need to feel it because there was a lot of problems on Sunday that they need to address. And some of them are repeated problems that they've been dealing with the entire season. And some of them were, you know, self-caused errors, as Doug Peterson would say. But that's stuff that we were saying after that Texans game you mentioned and how many games can you have that where it's like, Oh, we just let it get away. You need to be able to pinpoint those issues and not have the repeated same mistakes. If you're looking for something to hang your hat on this morning, and I know a lot of Jaguars fans are the Niners took apart the Cowboys on Sunday night football uh, week five when we were in London and Tony Dungy was here two days later to do an event. And he told me he hadn't seen a team dismantle a team that thoroughly in a long time. And then the Cowboys have gone on to win three of four, and they played really well in Philly. And maybe if Dak doesn't put his foot out of bounds on that two-point conversion, they win. Same thing with the Lions, right? 38-6, their doors were blown off in Baltimore. And that was a marquee game that week. Everyone was pointing to that game. And since then, they've come back to you know, beat the Raiders on Monday Night Football, and they won a big game over the Chargers at the end of the ball game. You can rebound from this, and you better... Because you have the Titans and the Texans, and JP, I think the division title is on the line the next two weeks. Good news is, that was your goal. Win the division, host a home playoff game, all right there in front of you. You win the next two, this one kind of fades quickly, because you'll be 8-3 and three and in a good spot. Well, the biggest truth in the NFL, and it's everybody forgets it every year, and there's examples every year what Brian talked about, the week-to-week league thing is a cliche because it's been true forever. It, it remains true. The Jaguars have been exceptionally good, as JP pointed out, at responding and playing well under Doug Peterson after an embarrassing loss. Um, there's nothing to indicate that they won't be able to do that again. Um, the exception to that being... Uh, the offensive line and the offense showed some things yesterday that can't continue going forward. And we're going to talk about the offensive line, and the offense a little bit more. That has to be consistent, more consistent moving forward if they're going to go on a run. I'm not sure they can replicate the five-game winning streak without a little better offense and a little more consistency there. Yeah, it, it was the second lowest yardage output in the Doug Peterson era. Only the Philly game last year was lower in terms of that and, of course, the four giveaways. But let's get right to that offensive line. This was the, the starting five that they really had imagined from the start of the year. Cam Robinson, left tackle. Walker Little back in there at left guard. He only played 11 snaps in his uh, the game in London where they had everybody together. He's finally back in there, and then they're, they're facing this front for San Francisco that is – right there near the top of the league, John. Yeah, and it seemed like that was maybe a perfect storm of unfortunate circumstance. And by that, I mean, I'm not sure this offensive line is going to be great this season. 
I think it can be a lot better than it was on Sunday. Um, and then you had Walker Little coming back to what is relatively new position for him still. And then guess what? Uh, okay, you're going to get your starting five back without much continuity, and you get to play these guys, right? So, no, uh, you know, I, I think a formidable task. Yeah, to be sure. I think in that respect, uh, I would expect the group to get better with continuity because offensive lines usually do. This is their five. Uh, they were playing better than this before the bye. So I anticipate that improving, uh, and I'm not sure they need to be great to be a whole lot better, if that makes sense. Well, I, a lot of people are really excited to hear you say that because their lasting memory of yesterday's game is that offensive line oh, sure. just folding under the pressure. And again, I think we talked about this last week. They had $202 million guaranteed dollars with three players before they traded for Chase Young. So, I mean, and then they jumped into that exotic five-man front, and, and they were really good. That's the hard part. Is, is that it looked like they just couldn't even compete up front. They couldn't run. And let's be honest, this football team has not been able to run the ball with any force this year. They've gotten great play from, from ETN. But on third down and three, have you felt confident in their ability to put their hand in the ground and create running? Um, and then, of course, that's the cascade, Kai, of, you know, the line doesn't play well and they haven't played well all year long. They've played better than that, but they haven't played well. And then the quarterback's process is sped up. And against those guys, it needed to be anyway. He wasn't great. It was just a bad all-around day. I think it doesn't help, certainly, that the offensive line has been playing that way. And now it's a little bit of a mental game as well. Not only are they not playing well, Trevor's in his own head because he knows they're not playing well. You know, whether or not he says that, he knows that. And you can see it by how he's moving around the pocket, how quickly he's ditching it, or um, just the plays that he's making and how he's making them. So... Part of that is getting his confidence back in them. Whether or not they're going to get much better, I don't know. But you got to make him believe they're getting better um, so that he gets to a place where he can throw the football because what they're doing right now certainly isn't working. No, certainly didn't work yesterday for sure. Uh, we'll come back in a moment. And, hey, the defense, we'll get to their day because they didn't have much of a good day either. And we'll look ahead to the Titans as well. It's Jaguars Reporters. Welcome back to the Jaguars Reporters Podcast. J.P. Shadrick, John Ozier, Brian Sexton, Kai Stevens. After a Jaguars loss to the 49ers, we've broken down the offense. Now, it's about this Jaguars defense. It was really kind of leading the Jags through the early part of this season with their somewhat consistent play and, um, you know, takeaway ability and third down. They were getting better as it went, and yesterday happened in San Francisco you know, first drive, four plays, touchdown, bang. Second drive, field goal, 10 nothing lead. And then second play of the second half, 66-yarder. And that's a three-score game all of a sudden, Kai. And um, that was a San Francisco team that early in the game had the ability to play the way they wanted to play. And that's run the ball, McCaffrey all over the place, take their shots when they could. And that's San Francisco football. This defense has been about stopping the run letting them pass in front of them, keeping the ball in front of them, and creating turnovers. And they didn't do any of that yesterday. Christian McCaffrey ran all over the place. He averaged more than six yards a rush. Um, you know, they let them get in front of them, make those passes, and then make big chunk plays. It wasn't just one or two. They didn't, you know, hold st hold stead at the line at, um, at, you know, when they're in the red zone either. So you're letting them score at that point, and you didn't create any turnovers that are helping your team. I mean, the games that they're winning are when the defense is giving offense the ball back three, four times. And 
that's not sustainable. This defense has been playing amazing all season, but they can't also create the offense. So they didn't do any of the things that they need to do well to make themselves stand out, and the offense certainly did not help them. Their big guys made plays. Ayuk, Debo Samuel is a, an absolute weapon for them. You can see the way they use him and McCaffrey. At one moment, they brought them both in motion to the left side, and then the play went to the backside to Kittle because everybody's over there. Their personnel is great, and we talked about it last week. you got to do your job. Mike Caldwell would have a plan to be able to combat it, but if, if you get caught up in all the window dressing and how they move players around and you don't do your job, they'll make you look stupid. And, and the last thing is that's the way they play, and if they get an early lead, they kick your butt. But if you can stay even with them or get ahead of them, that offense isn't quite as effective. But it was a worst-case scenario. Their personnel was really good, and they beat the Jags. Yeah, I don't, I don't worry very much about the defense after that game, and I'll tell you why. Uh, they got down 10 nothing, uh, but then for the next quarter-ish, they sort of played the way they've been playing so far. It, it, you, I get no takeaways. When you're down 10 nothing against that team, mm. that team's not going to give you the ball very much unless they're strained. So after they didn't have a turnover in the first half, it didn't surprise me they didn't have one in the second because they're just not going to give you anything. Press Taylor mentioned it last week that at least they'd been turning the ball over on the other side of the 50 and putting the defense in good situation. Think about the first series of that game. Logan Cook has a rare, just okay punt. All of a sudden, the 49ers had to go 60 yards in their first drive instead of 80. Everything sort of conspired a little bit against the defense. Um, And then in the second half, you're down 10. The wind sort of goes out of your sails with the Christian Kirk turnover, and I think it just sort of went, I guess, haywire a little bit. I don't. I think this defense will be fine moving forward if the offense can give it field position, help, not put him in bad situations. So, uh, again, I just don't worry about this defense. I don't think it's top five, but it's going to be good enough all season if the offense – can start getting going. We talked about the domino effect, right? Uh, the offensive line didn't hold up very well, so then Trevor started panicking. And Same thing on the defensive yeah. side. You took two body blows early, right? And then, of course, two more when, you're, when your offense goes three and out. You just The defense was part of that whole just cascade downhill right. yesterday. Which happens, as we've all seen before, we've all seen this team over the years where the defense plays, 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 obviously can't get it going, and then all of a sudden it's a blowout the other way. That hasn't happened in a while because it's been better around here. But that felt like that to me defensively in the second half. And it's funny how perception becomes reality. The perception is Devin Lloyd, right, on that one play where Greg Kittle beat him. But he'd been playing so well. Right. And he had that one play. And if you watch it closely, Kittle has a really subtle little push off. Mm-hmm. And, and Devin lost his balance. And by the way, that was a, a heave right. of a hook shot of a the pocket's collapsing. He just throws it up and Kittle's right there. The I mean, NFL is such day. a weird game. Yep. The 49ers were the dominant team yesterday. There's no, no question doubt. about it. The first 49ers touchdown probably shouldn't have happened. Yeah, uh, yeah right. It was up in the air forever, You throw the ball back to the middle of the field. Um, both field goals in the second half snuck in. I mean, in the first half, sort of snuck in. And then the Kittle touchdown, Trayvon Walker has a great rush. They collapse the pocket. And again, you just sort of throw it to make a play. Credit to him, they made a play. Yep. But that's the game of inches element in the NFL, that if maybe one of those goes different. The problem was 
the Jaguars offense, you you know, did you ever get a feeling outside of maybe the Christian Kirk pass to uh, ETN that didn't quite work? Did you ever get the feeling they were close to popping a big play? It, it just never – somebody said to me in the press box – it feels like the 49ers have. It feels like the 49ers have 14 guys playing defense, and that's what it felt like. Yeah, you know, on, on the on the pass play that Traverius Ward knocked away from Christian Kirk, you had Calvin Ridley, yeah, wide open. I mean, it was that's an example of something. Trevor forced it where he yeah. was where he was comfortable, who he trusted, and he missed the wide open easy score. That was the day. It was difficult. They made it harder on themselves yeah. with bad decisions. Up next, week 11, the Tennessee Titans come to town here at Everbank Stadium, and it's the first meeting between these two. They'll meet again in week 18 to wrap up the regular season up in Nashville. Of course, the Jaguars uh, swept the Titans last year, Kai, but it's a different Titans all of a sudden. New quarterback in there, the running backs uh, getting older. He's still putting up some numbers, but that's about all they have these days, it feels like, on the offensive side. And they've got uh, a couple of names you recognize on defense, but it's kind of a transitioning organization with a new GM and everything involved there. And Mike Vrabel is always dangerous. That's why the Titans are always the team, you know, preseason we're talking about that's going to be a problem at the end, the end of the year, no matter what. I mean, whether they're dealing with injuries or elsewise, Vrabel will get them to a point where they're going to be competitive. If we're, they're going to have one of those bounce back games where they play terrible and then, you know, bounce back, this would be a good time to have that, especially when you have the Titans and then the Texans immediately after that on the road. So it'll say a lot about this team. It'll say a lot about their focus and it'll probably have a bigger impact than we may have thought on the schedule um, going forward for the rest of the year. Because if you falter in that game, then the division's really up for grabs in that Texans game. And, and that's a whole, entirely different place than we were maybe three weeks ago. You know, I, I would have been a little stressed by I, the hamstring injury to Tyson Campbell. is problematic because you see DeAndre Hopkins over there, and you know what Will Levis was able to do, just chucking the ball up, and, and Hopkins had three touchdowns against the Falcons. Did you see the video of Hopkins just kind of yawning through the postgame yesterday? He was just sort of nonchalant, like, yeah, whatever, you know, 20-6, to six, we lost. He went there to play with Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry and a, at a defense that was healthy and be a contender, and he looks bored by it all. Um Transition's the best way to describe them, although you know Vrabel came in here last year with a team that had lost six in a row, and Joshua Dobbs, who all of a sudden you know looks like the, the second coming. Um, but if the Jaguars come out hungry, the sense of urgency, I mean, I use the term desperate. I asked Doug Peterson in the postgame news conference yesterday, um, should your team play desperate? He didn't, he didn't like that. He said, that's not a desperate team. That's a good team that did what they do well. Um, but if they come out and they play hungry, they should beat the Titans on Sunday. Yeah, I'm always the first person to say you always have to be aware of the Titans because they know how they play under Vrabel. The Jaguars ought to win this game uh, because right now they're better than the Titans. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't always matter. <laughs> so, right. so the way this team played on Sunday, you can't play that way. But uh, this matchup should be one that they win if they play well uh, and it should set up a, a big time uh, game the following week no doubt about that this week it's the Jaguars and the Titans at Everbank Stadium 1 o'clock kickoff time this Sunday Kai Stevens Brian Sexton John Osher I'm J.P. Shadrick thank you for listening to Jaguars Reporters